What's up, everybody? Episode 92 of the High on Infinity podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight, and we've got a great show lined up for today, folks. On today's episode, we're going to talk about the Black Widow movie again, delayed again, and then talk about the brand new trailer for the Suicide Squad that just came out last week. And then finally, we're going to get into some NBA talk. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Yes, 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 that time of the weekend, everybody. Episode 92 of the Hound Infinity Podcast, the podcast dedicated to everything sports and nerd culture. Like always, I'm your host, Jacob Knight. First time listening to the podcast, welcome to the podcast. And if you're a returning listener, we're glad to have you back for another fantastic episode. And remember, please follow us on all our social media sites. Follow us on Facebook at High on Infinity Podcast. Follow the podcast on Twitter and Instagram at High Infinity Pod. Or follow me, the host, on my personal accounts, Twitter and Instagram at SoYamAsian. And if you did not get all that, just hit the link tree link up in the bio of the podcast. With all our podcast social media sites and our podcast streaming platforms such as Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, and the Anchor app. And last but not least, if you like what you hear, please leave your boy a five-star review on your preferred streaming platform. And don't forget, Flash Sale Friday is every Friday, so get you a deal on a specific item on the merchandise website. But all in all, hope everybody is doing good. Everybody's having a good week so far, getting ready for this upcoming weekend. I'm doing pretty good myself. My week so far been pretty good. No complaints over here. Been catching up on all my TV shows throughout the past week. Episode 2 of Falcon and the Winter Soldier was really good. A lot of good stuff happened in that episode. Can't wait to talk about that in the upcoming weeks. And they haven't let their foot off the gas since the start of that show, which I really like a lot. And continuing with another show I talked about last week, My Hero Academia. New season came out last Saturday. Really good episode to start the season off, which started off how I thought it was going to start off. And me and a few friends had a conversation on a group chat about this. They asked, had they announced like the episode count for this season yet? They haven't to my knowledge, but because every season except the first season of My Hero Academia had like 25 episodes. So when I was making my season predictions last week, I was under the assumption that they were going to have 25 episodes this upcoming season. And I hope they do. And it turns out that only the subbed was released the last weekend. I thought, you know, with the delay for COVID purposes, the dubbed would have, you know, have a chance to catch up with the sub. Like I said, I personally like My Hero Academia dubbed in English, but I don't have a problem watching it subbed. So we got to wait probably a month or so for the dub to come out and keep it in on anime. Attack on Titan just straight bamboozled us last weekend because, you know, last week's episode I talked about how Attack on Titan was airing their final episode. Turns out that was just the end of part one of the final season. And part two, to be honest, they, they gave like a, a wide like date range. I read some reports that or articles that part two won't come out till winter 2022. I read some articles saying it may come out later this year, but I don't know. But I'll keep our updated. Yeah, but that was the ending of part one of the final season because last week or two weeks prior, they showed a preview to what was thought to be the final episode. And I, was, and I was like, ain't no way in hell they ended this anime with just them talking the whole damn time. But they said, yeah, this is just the end of part one of the two-part final season. And I was like, okay, could have just told us that, you know, from the start. But moving on, other shows have been watching. Snowfall has been having a really great season. They just announced that they got renewed for their fifth season, which is good to hear. And all I want... <laughs> For this fifth season is for Franklin to get some type of physical therapy during that time. 
I don't think Franklin has any insurance, but we all know he has the money to pay for some physical therapy. And also on HBO Max, I was like, you know, I got to watch something besides the Justice League. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to get just to watch that and just, you know, just let it sit idle for a month and take away $17. But I have been watching the Watchmen show on HBO Max. Really good show so far, in my opinion, is based on a comic book with the same name, but has nothing to do with the comic. It just takes place like in that same universe. But the premise to me is interesting because the show takes place in Oklahoma. I want to say the original comic in the movie took place like in New York, but this is in Oklahoma, Tulsa to be exact. And the beginning of the show, they showed the Tulsa Massacre, you know, where they burnt down Black Wall Street and all that. But the show takes place in the present time. And in this town, they have like this racist white supremacy group. They hate, you know, of course, minorities and people of color and certain police officers. And in this world, people who are descendants of the victims of the Tulsa Massacre can get reparations or they're eligible for reparations because of that. And then one night, like the racist group, they went around to like all the police officers' houses and attacked them, including the main character's house. And they killed almost all of them besides the main character and her partner. And it's gotten so dangerous that the police had to wear like masks to hide their identity so, you know, they could stay safe. Because, they, you know, they walk around masks and they do something that this uh, white supremacy group don't like. They get their name and get, you know, yeah, get their name, where they live at, kill them and their family members. So they don't want that to happen. So that's why they wear a uh, face mask. And the main character is a former cop turned uh, vigilante. Real good show. About halfway through it, I have no allegiance to the Watchmen comic in any sort of way. So it doesn't bother me that they're like straying away from the original source material. As long as the show is good, in my opinion, I got no problem with that. But yeah, let's dive into what's been going on this past week. So I talked about the Black Widow movie a long time ago on the podcast. And last week, I just randomly thought to myself, you know what? The Black Widow movie comes out at the beginning of May, a little bit over a month from now. Then the next day, we got the news. The Black Widow movie has been delayed again. It was originally supposed to come out. May 2020, then got pushed back to November 2020, then got pushed back again to May this year, and now it's been pushed back again until July, July 9th to be exact. And at this point, I'm like, hell, it comes out when it comes out. And this movie has been delayed, of course, you know, for, for pandemic purposes, and they're hoping, you know, by putting it back to the summer, things will be somewhat normal again, and then the theaters will be quote-unquote packed by then as well. Because these big Marvel movies are meant to be seen in packed out theaters and make a lot of money. And to my knowledge, theaters are still only at half capacity from what I know. And a movie is not meant to be seen with half capacity theaters. It's not going to make the money that Marvel expected to make. Because at the end of the day, it's all about the money. And I don't know like how streaming revenue affects its total amount. But we'll get to that a little later. And when you think about it. It's been over a year since we've seen the trailer or any other new content from this movie because for what I looked up on YouTube, the last trailer they had for this movie was early March, you know, in 2020, like a week or two before everything shut down. And I even had to rewatch some of the damn trailers because I forgot what the hell is supposed to happen <laughs> in this movie. But we'll get into the premise of the movie by because I'm pretty sure, you know, some of you probably forgot, you know, a Black Widow movie supposed to come out. So let's talk about the movie. Like I said, I rewatched both the trailers they put out last year, and I forgot how interesting this movie looks to me. And I never had an issue with Black Widow getting her own movie. I was always curious on the why now, like 
why tell her story, you know, when she's dead and gone? Like, I'd rather them to tell it as it's going on. But I think it took a long time for this movie to get a green light because with other characters, you know, with Black Panther and uh, Spider-Man, as soon as they were introduced, they got their movie. And Black Widow was introduced in Iron Man 2 way back in uh, 2010. And I think the film was in the works ever since, but they kept coming across some troubles. That's why they kept, you know, pushing it back and pushing it back. But I read that this movie supposed to take place between Civil War and Infinity War. So like that 2017 range. And technically, you know, she's still on the run for double crossing Team Iron Man and helping Captain Captain America and Bucky escape after that airplane fight. So I assume this movie is going to show what she was doing during that time. From the looks of it, the premise of the movie is that she's trying to shut down the Black Widow program, which looks similarly which looks a lot similar to the Winter Soldier program to me, you know, creating like these top flight assassins. And over the course of this trailer, we meet her quote unquote family, two former Black Widows, and the Red Guardian. And the Red Guardian is basically like described as like a Russian Captain America. That's like the easiest way to put it. And they're, they're going to try to help, you know, her stop the Black Widow program. Because from the looks of it, we've seen a little bit of this in Age of Ultron, like the Black Widow program takes these little girls and what it looks like from the trailer, they're brainwashing them and turning them in to assassins, similar to, you know, the Winter Soldier. Because in one scene in the trailer, like the group is fighting like a group of Black Widows. And it, and it turns out like the lead trainer of the Black Widows is the main villain of the movie, Taskmaster. And I was super excited when I found out that Taskmaster will be the villain in this movie. One of my favorite Marvel characters ever. And from the looks of it, he may be the most skilled Marvel villain that we've seen in the movies so far. You know, besides being a master assassin, he's skilled in hand-to-hand -hand combat and proficient at, you know, multiple weapons. And he has, a, like, photographic reflexes. So he can, like, mimic any fighting style in an instance, you know, after seeing it. And, you know, the main ones we, you know, that we see are based on Captain America and Spider-Man because he's usually equipped with a shield like Captain America, bow and arrow like Hawkeye, and a grapple so he could swing like Spider-Man. And we see the two former in the trailer, you know, the shield and bow and arrow. Also, he has a sword too. And in the trailer, we've seen him have, he has like these retractable claws like the Black Panther, rest in peace Chadwick Boseman. And we see him mimic the Black Panther's fighting style too. But after re-watching the trailers for this, I forgot how promising this movie looks. Great action. Looks like a great story. And I'm interested to see, does the events that happen in this movie, do they have like any ramifications in any other movie? And we see the debut of like the all-white Black Widow suit, which I think is a cool aesthetic. And I know probably Dr. Umar Johnson probably has a different take on an all-white suit on someone called the Black Panther. <laughs> like there's this funny uh Vine, not not Vine Damon, I'm getting I'm old uh TikTok I saw. It was um it was like a black man. He was you know, he was doing something and he had like Dr. Umar Johnson. He came out with like the Undertaker music. I thought that was a <laughs> thought that was pretty funny. But uh back to the Black Widow movie. So how can you watch the Black Widow movie? Couple of ways. You know, the traditional way, going to the movie theaters. Of course, hopefully, if you go to the movie theaters, you're taking the proper protocols when you do go. Or you can watch it on Disney+. Plus. It will be available the same day as the movie's released in theaters. But there's a catch. You have to have something called a Premier Access card or something like that. Which I looked up, and it's $30. 
plus your monthly fee. So essentially you're paying $37 to watch a movie. But I did read, did do my research here, that the $30 is like a one-time fee. And basically you pay that $30, you can watch all the future movies as well as soon as they're released on Disney+. Plus. So I guess, you know, you just weigh the pros and his cons. Because first off, I was like, ain't no way in hell I'm paying $37 to see a damn movie that could go pay $15 in theaters. And I thought about it and was like, well... Depending on how long this is, you know, uh, COVID and stuff is going on in the theaters won't be as packed. Maybe it would be a good investment to watch this. Uh, there's probably like two or three other Marvel movies coming out this year. And, uh, and this may bleed into 2022. And of course, you know, other Disney movies that you watch throughout the year. So I'm pretty sure if you're big on Disney, big on the Marvel movies, it could be, you know, a great investment. I'm still on the fence about it. Like I said, at first I was like, hell no, I ain't paying 30 damn dollars. But now thinking about it, I'm like, maybe I wouldn't mind you know, looking into it, but we'll see. But hey, you know, if I got some extra cash running around, I may check it out. Watch Black Widow on Comfort in My Own Home because after watching Justice League, I was like, you know what? This did kind of spoil me watching a new movie in the comfort of my own home. I can pause it to use the bathroom, get something to drink and eat and whatnot. But either way, whether I'm watching it in the movie theater or the comfort of my own home, I will be watching a Black Widow movie when it comes out. And keeping it in the realm of movies, DC is back this week in the news with the release of the Suicide Squad trailer. I briefly talked about this movie last week on the podcast when I talked about the Justice League movie. And this is the last DC movie coming out this year. And this is a kind of like a redo of the first movie. And I'm ashamed to say this, but I was very, very excited for the first Suicide Squad movie when it came out. Like I thought that trailer was like one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. I thought the premise of the movie was good. And in this world of like shared movie universe, especially in comic books, DC is the first to put out a movie about villains, you know, where they're the main characters in the movie. And when the movie came out, I was like, what the hell is this? The story was all over the place. The villain was hot dookie butter trash. And overall, it was poorly executed, in my opinion. So they're running it back. I did it with the Justice League movie. And last week I said... This was like a soft reboot of the Suicide Squad, but they said it's more like a redo of the first movie. So the first movie is still canon, I think, from what, from what they're saying. The first one is canon, so I'm just going to roll with that. And there are a few new characters in this movie, of course, with a few returning characters from the first movie, Harley Quinn uh, being you know the big name. And this will be her third DC movie that she'll be in, I think the most from any character uh, yeah, the first Suicide Squad movie, Birds of Prey, and now this movie. And uh, general reactions of this trailer, the trailer came out last Friday. Overall, thought it was a good trailer, but I am taking it with a grain of salt this time. I've been fooled before by a good trailer for the Suicide Squad, but the guy who made Guardians of the Galaxy is making this one, so there is hope out there. So there's like a, a lot of comedic tones in this movie, and they're, they're kind of, to me, they're making it kind of like DC's version of Guardians of the Galaxy, you know, like a ragtag team thrown together to save the day. And this was the movie that the director started working on after Marvel fired him from Guardians of the Galaxy after some sketchy tweets he put out a few years ago. And, you know, after he was fired, the cast of Guardians of the Galaxy was like, hey, we ain't doing no Guardians of the Galaxy 3 unless he's part of it. So they hired him back. 
but he was already working on this movie. So Guardians of the Galaxy 3 has taken a backseat for the moment. That's why we haven't been hearing no news about a new Guardians of the Galaxy movie. But a quick recap of the trailer. It starts off with like the new members of the Suicide Squad. They're, all, they're like on this mission to rescue Harley Quinn. Um, the, I forgot the guy's name. Rick Flagg. Yeah, I think that's his name. He's back. He's like he's like the quote unquote leader of the Suicide Squad. He's back from the first movie. And we see some of the new members. You have Idris Elba. He's playing a character called Bloodsport. Apparently he was supposed to the uh take the Deadshot role, but um Will Smith, you know, Will Smith played Deadshot Deadshot in the first one, but they said they want to keep the Deadshot role open just in case if uh Will Smith wanna come back for future movies. And uh Idris Elba's character Bloodsport, apparently he's in jail. Because he shot Superman with a uh, a bullet full of kryptonite, and we meet some of the other members or some of the other new members of the Suicide Squad. The other most notable new member is John Cena's character. He plays this invisible guy. I'm just joking, you know, because the whole you can't see me. But he plays this guy called Peacemaker. Definitely the standout character in the trailer to me. And since I'm a big wrestling fan, y'all know that. I like when wrestlers are in movies. You know, this shows another side of them out of character that we see on tv then over the course of the trailer we see other members being recruited for the team and we got a whole you know we got the whole spiel like always you know you're being recruited for a dangerous mission completed you get a reduced sentence and if you, you know break the rules try to escape we'll blow the bomb up that's implanted in your head yada 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 then we see the wide shot of all the members of the suicide squad there was like 10 to 12 members and i was like oh god because one of my gripes in the first film was that there was too many damn people in the damn group. There was like nine members in the first Suicide Squad movie. And I thought it would be a lot better. You know, of course, that they trimmed the numbers down. But the tagline for this movie is don't get attached. Indicating that a lot of the members will probably die. Because I think they showed like two iterations of the Suicide Squad. Because... In the beginning of the trailer, they showed like one group doing one mission. And then the second half of the trailer, they showed like the main group. And the members on the poster, I assume, are the main group. So there's like seven of them. I could deal with seven people. And it turns out, you know, what, what I've been reading, that the, ma the main villain of this movie is a villain called Starro. It's like this, I didn't know who, I didn't know who it was at first. I had to look at it. It was like this big ass starfish alien from outer space. And it turns out it create like these little starfish that can like latch onto people's faces and control them. And from the outside looking in, you're like, what the hell is this, man? It looks completely ridiculous and over the top, but somehow it fits the tone of this movie for some reason. And basically that's the trailer. And uh, my expectations from this movie, to be honest, they're kind of mid at the moment because with the first Suicide Squad, I went in with super high expectations and was thoroughly disappointed. But for what I'm seeing, it looks great. But wrapping things up, the Suicide Squad movie does come out August 6th in theaters and HBO Max. More than likely, I may get HBO Max if I don't, you know, have it by then and watching the comfort of my own home. Just in case if it's disappointing, I don't got to take that disappointing drive back home and be like, why the hell did I watch this damn movie? But from the direction of this movie, a film is not taking itself too seriously. I can see this movie being good and make it 2021 the redemption year for dc when it comes to their films so we have some more crazy news surrounding this wild nba season we got some crazy trades injuries to star players 
and teams adding pieces to a possible championship run. So we're going to be diving into all the craziness that's happened within the past couple weeks in the NBA. Of course, the trade deadline, the second half of the NBA season is always interesting to me, especially when they added the trade deadline after the All-Star break instead of before like it was in the past. And teams, you know, they're looking to add one piece that could possibly push them to the playoffs or have them in championship contention towards the later half of the season. And to me, there have been no like big blockbuster trades that happened this past trade deadline. None that was like, oh my God, I can't believe that happened. The only trade that, that had me like that, of course, was earlier this season when the Rockets traded James Harden to the Nets and essentially got nothing in return. But there have been some intriguing trades that happened this past trade deadline. So we're going to go over that right quick before we get into like the two heavy hitters. You know, the two teams I always talk about on this podcast this past NBA season, Lakers and Nets. You know, of course, you're wondering. So we'll talk about, out of all the teams, the Bulls. I can't lie. This may be the only time I talk about the Bulls on this podcast for the rest of the basketball season. I really don't keep up with them, to be honest. You know, uh, I got a couple of the players. That's on my fantasy basketball team. And of course, the fantasy basketball, if you play, really don't care if that team win or lose. You just want that player to put up points for you. And as of now, the Bulls are the 10th seed in the East, currently the last spot to get into the playing games. And to be honest, I thought the record was going to be a little bit better when I looked at it. I was like, 10th? I thought they're going to be like in the 6th, 7th, or 8th spot. But like I said, really don't keep up with them. But... I see in the past couple of years that this team always been that, you know, they're just young. They're just a piece of two away from contending in the East. You got Zach Levine, who is now being recognized as a star in this league. And they got a lot of good young players around him, too. But they made one of the biggest moves this past trade deadline. They traded for Orlando Magic Center, when we pronounce his name right, Nikola Vucevic. Always butcher his name. But he's one of the most underrated players in the league, averaging 12, not 12, 25 points, 12 rebounds this year, which is really good. But people don't really pay attention to the Orlando Magic, you know, where you think of Orlando, you think of Disney World. But I think he'll be a good addition on the Bulls. And I think the Celtics were eyeing him, too. So they had to kind of like beat out the Celtics to get him. And I can see them, you know, being a playoff team now in the East. Next, we're going to look into the Denver Nuggets. They traded for Aaron Gordon, also from the Orlando Magic. So I guess the Magic, they're just blowing things up this year and starting over, rebuild mode. And I think that Gordon will be a good addition to the Nuggets. They got him without trading Michael Porter Jr. Looking back on it now, Michael Porter, Michael Porter Jr. was the steal of his draft because he was supposed, he was supposed to go number one overall. I think he was in the same draft as um, what was his name? Damn. Sorry if you hear that noise in the background. It's raining outside while I'm having this brain fart. But Michael Porter Jr. was in the same draft class. It wasn't Zion. It was a year before Zion. Who's the number one pick? I think it was the yeah, the year DeAndre Ayton went number one. I think Michael Porter Jr. was the projected number one pick that year. But he had um back he had a back injury, of course, you know, so a draft stock fell and he fell to I think 13th or 14th to the Nuggets. But yeah, the Nuggets have found their groove. Now, the thing they're they're up to the fifth seed in the loaded West, and now they think that you know they got that piece that could take them to the Western Conference Finals and possibly even further. And now, moving on to the Clippers, the Clippers made a big splash by trading one of the best six men in NBA history and Lou Williams to the Atlanta Hawks for Rajon Rondo. I wonder, 
you know, they were like, hmm, who could we, who could we send to Atlanta? And it was like, well, Williams did go to Magic City. So, you know, the commit will be a lot closer if we send him to the Hawks. Hey, Lou, going to the Hawks. But I do believe the Clippers tried to get Rondo in free agency this past offseason, but was unable to. So Rondo in Atlanta hasn't really worked out, to be honest. I think he's been hurt for most of the year. But the Clippers believe with the healthy Rondo, he could be the missing piece to a title team. And the last team before we get into the two big teams is the Miami Heat. They've been up and down this season, to say the least. Currently the eighth seed in the East. And they made a few moves as well. They got rid of Myers Leonard after, you know, that little comment he said on his uh, video game live stream. Shit them up out of there. And they were able to trade the Rockets for Victor Oladipo without giving up Duncan Robinson or Tyler Hero. And man, the Heat loved them some Tyler Hero. Like they're not trading him for no one because his name was mentioned in a few trades this season. I think the James Harden trade his name was mentioned in, and the Heat said no. I understand that Jack Harlow made a song about him and all that. Like you could probably offer the Heat prime Jordan for Tower Hero, and the Heat will probably still say no. But the Heat does love their homegrown town. I do give him that. And you know, with the addition of Oladipo, they want to make another deep playoff run. And now to the two heavy hitters in the NBA, they made a couple additions to this NBA arms race. So the Brooklyn Nets have been very busy this NBA season. Of course, they traded for James Harden, I think in January, added Blake Griffin a couple weeks ago, and now they signed with Marcus Aldridge after he was bought out by the Spurs. Safe to say that the Nets are going for it all this season. And after the signing, the consensus online was like, damn. The Brooklyn Nets trying to get everybody I see. Like, don't no one want to compete anymore. And to be honest, it's been like that for the past 10 years or so. The NBA has turned into an arms race. You know, whoever got the most firepower on their team had the better chance to win it all. They're not. And I'm not saying Lamarcus Aldridge is Tim Duncan or Blake Griffin is what he was back when he was with the Clippers. But you take those two players who were considered, you know, top players on the previous team. Then you throw them to the trio of. You know, Kevin Durant, Kyrie, and James Harden. Then I could see, you know, where some people are coming from. We're like, damn, they're getting everybody. What is funny is that uh, with these recent signings, an old Kevin Durant tweet from, I think, 2010 or 2011 started to resurface on Twitter. And before I say this, I'm not a Kevin Durant hater. I think Kevin Durant's a phenomenal player. Second best player in the league behind LeBron. And when healthy, sometimes maybe the best player in the league. And in said tweet, he was addressing like the recent moves made by the Heat and Lakers back in 2010, 2011. You know, LeBron went to Miami with uh, Dwayne Wade and Chris Bosh. And the Lakers were making, you know, a few moves in the offseason, you know, of course, fresh off a title victory. So KD tweeted, and I'm just paraphrasing because I don't got the tweet in front of me. But basically, Kevin Durant was saying, Everybody want to join up and create super teams, and no one wants to compete anymore. Fast forward 10 years later, look at what we got here. KD formed his second super team. Of course, you know, when he joined the Warriors and now with the Brooklyn Nets. As Harvey Dent said in The Dark Knight, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Granted, yes, I'm like, damn, everybody want to go to the Brooklyn Nets. And at the same time, I don't have an issue with it. Like, team's top priorities are are to get the best players available in free agency or the bio market waivers, whatever you want to call it. And the Nets did that and they made it fit all underneath the cap. And with Adam Silver, you know, he don't give a damn who's on the team as long as 
everybody fits under the cap. I guarantee you right now, you could probably put LeBron, Steph Curry, Damian Willard, and Giannis on the same team. As long as it fits underneath the cap, Adam Silver was like, okay, I would have slide, you know, because, uh, you know, every time a good player, you know, signs with a stacked team, people always bring up the failed Chris Paul trade to the Lakers. And I just want to say this right quick. I was having a great day. Now I got to talk about the failed Chris Paul trade to the Lakers. I don't want to talk about this. This still hurts me. Ten years later, this still hurts me. I knew the second we didn't get Chris Paul, I was like, yeah, it's going to set us back a few years. I could, I could, really, I could really see. But uh, people forget that, you know, with a different commissioner back then, you know, David Stern, uh, God rest his soul. But the league, you know, I think I looked this up for a past topic. The league was owned. Yeah, I think the the, Pel- the Pelicans was owned by the NBA back then because I think I read some dude, like the owners of the Pelicans were trying to sell the team, but there was no buyers. And the NBA was like, you know what? We'll just take control of the team until there was so- there's someone suitable enough, you know, to buy the, whatever, the Hornets at the time, Hornets, Pelicans, whatever. I won't say the Pelicans, yeah. The, the, until there's someone suitable enough to buy that team. So I guess they controlled all the, you know, signings and trading of players. And when they started, it was like, Chris Paul to the Lakers with Kobe. Hell no. And then, you know, uh, the rest was history. But like I said, we're in a different NBA now. And I had this conversation on the group chat about super teams and all that stuff. And I said this, you know, people, you know, players are ring chasing nowadays. You know, it doesn't matter who was on the team as long as, you know, the team wins. Like Kevin Durant, Kevin Durant, two-time champion. Let's say the Nets win this year. He's a three-time champion. You know, we look back at, we look back or we look we look back at it now, 20 years later, it's not going to say Kevin Durant, three-time champion, asterisk, two was with the Warriors, with Klay Thompson, Steph Curry, and Jeremiah Green, another asterisk, one with the Nets was with Kyrie, Her- Kyrie Irving and James Harden. It's going to say Kevin Durant, three-time champion, and same thing with LeBron. It's not going to say LeBron, we'll say the Lakers win this year, which I hope so. It's not going to be like LeBron James, five-time champion, asterisk, you know, Two was with the Miami Heat, asterisk. Two was with Anthony Davis, asterisk. Uh, Draymond Green got suspended, and they came back. It's not going to say that. It's going to say, you know, LeBron James, five-time champion, Kevin Durant, three-time champion. That's all it's going to say. It's not going to have, well, they was on the team with this, that, and that. Like I was saying, yeah, it doesn't matter who's on the team as long as you have a, t- you know, a title because no one wants to be uh, Charles Barkley, Patrick Ewing, you know, great players who don't have a title. And I feel like now – God bless him, Russell Westbrook, man. I, he, he's, he's probably going to be in that category, too, of player, great players who don't have an NBA title. But, yeah, the Nets are now the heavy favorite to win the finals down, and rightfully so, you know. Uh, but moving on to my team, the Lakers, we're going to go ahead and address the elephant in the room. LeBron James is out. Originally said he was out four to six weeks when I was typing this up, but now – I think today uh, Woj said he's going to be out three to five weeks, but he's going to be out for a minute. And when uh, when he got hurt against the Hawks, I was like, damn. You know, like, you know the saying, when it rains, it pours. And this is why I titled this episode, Laugh Now, Cry Later. Not because it's a Drake song, but you ever had a string of bad luck? All you could do is just laugh at the moment. And, uh, and I can't lie, man. We was like, we was just getting our groove as a team playing without Anthony Davis. And this happened. So so things go according to plan. LeBron should return about the, the end of April, beginning of May, the home stretch of the NBA season with 10 games left. Biggest question is what the Lakers record would be and where they will stand at in the West when he returns. We're currently fourth 
in the West at the moment. And at the time of recording, I think seven games separate the four seed and the 10 seed in the Western Conference. Of course, the 10 seed, you know, is the last spot to get into the playing games. And counting the games, we already played without LeBron and Anthony Davis. Not counting the game LeBron got hurt. The Lakers are going to play about maybe 20 games without LeBron. Right now, five games without LeBron and AD. They're two and three. Can't lie. Thought it was going to be a lot worse. I thought I expected it to be like 0-5 without LeBron and Anthony Davis. But in these 20 games, if we go 10-10 and 10 without LeBron, I'll take that. Hell, if we go 8-12 and 12 without LeBron, I'll take that. That should be, you know, that should leave us in like the 6-7 seed in the West. But all hope is not lost. Anthony Davis should be coming back within the next couple weeks. And when LeBron got hurt, I was worried that AD was going to be like, damn, I got to hurry up and come back and help the team out. Like I always said, just take your time when Anthony Davis come back. I have seen videos of him in shooter rounds. You know, it looks good. Can't lie. Looks good. But we just want to make sure he's back healthy for this run. And we got some help on the way, too. Over the weekend, the Lakers signed Andre Drummond after the Cavaliers bought him out. A move I like a lot. I said at the beginning of the season after we signed Marcus Saul, we should sign another big man and Drummond fits the role, averaging 18 points and 14 rebounds a game this season. I expect the points, you know, of course, to dip down with Anthony Davis and LeBron when he comes back, but the rebounds just stay about the same. We ain't asking him to be Kareem, Shaq, or even Gasol. Just get them rebounds and putbacks. I'll be okay. And I wasn't doing, you know, I wasn't doing cartwheels or anything on social media like everybody else when the Lakers signed Andre Drummond. Am I glad we got him? Yes, but we have the elephants, plural, in the room. Anthony Davis and LeBron, if they both come back healthy, then we'll be back in business if that happens. We need those two healthy, you know, for our best chance to repeat. And the Lakers' name was also in the news during the trade deadline. I think their name came up in the the, the Raptors Kyle Lowry trade talks. I was shocked to be honest. They were like, okay, uh, the final team that could trade for Kyle Lowry are the Heat. I was like, okay, heard their name. The Sixers, okay, most people think he's going to go there. And the Lakers. And I was like, huh? I was like, who the hell are we going to trade? All our draft picks went to New Orleans for the Anthony Davis trade. But the, but the proposed trade was uh, Dennis Schroeder, KCP, and um, Taylor Horton Tucker for Kyle Lowry. And yes, Kyle Lowry is a good player, but three players for him in this situation, that's a lot in my opinion. I know you're like, damn, Jacob, you're cheap, ain't you? Hell yeah. Well, depends on, you know, what the product is, you know. Like, you know, people who be buying like two, three hundred dollar Jordans, I was like, hell, two hundred dollars, three hundred dollars for the Jordans. I better play like Mike if I buy them damn shoes. But um, hell, like I said, three players. In this situation, it was a lot in my opinion. Hell, if it was three players for James Harden or Damian Lillard, hell yeah, I'd do the damn trade. But but three players for Kyle Lowry, you know, knowing the fact that he could weave in free agency after this season, to me, that's just too much for a guy we're going to have for probably two and a half, three months. But like I said, only thing I really wanted was a big man, and we got it. So what to expect for the rest of the season for my Lakers? This part will be a lot easier. I mean, a lot easier if... AD and LeBron were healthy. If both of them were healthy right now with Andre Drummond, I was like, hell, we're going to the Western Conference Finals at minimum. But we don't live in a perfect world. I'm just hoping AD comes back in a couple weeks. Him and Drummond will hold, you know, hold Fort down until LeBron gets back. 
you know, down the home stretch, we get things rolling, make the playoffs, and hopefully defend our title. Thank you for listening to another episode of the podcast. I greatly appreciate you taking time out of your very busy day to give this podcast a listen. Thank you for all the likes, retweets, shares, subscribes, and any other way you support the podcast. It means the world to me, and I thank you for that. Y'all take care, be safe, and I will see y'all next time.